You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with a great friend, Steve Lonnen, who is a realtor partner uh, at SL Home Group with the Costello Real Estate and Investments team. Now, unless you are new in town or hiding under a rock, you know real estate is hot. It is so, so hot. My wife's a realtor. It's so hot, just like she is. The inventory is at historic lows and prices are through the roof. The median home price is around $400,000. And that's grown a lot here in the Charlotte area. Now, we're so excited to have someone here uh, in the Brand Builder studio right now who is in the business of selling homes. Talk to us what that means uh, and tell me a little bit more about you know what Steve is. So he is a licensed realtor with SL Home Group, the Costello Real Estate and Investments Group. He's going to tell us about the Charlotte market. He's going to tell us about buying a home, selling a home, and all of the things that we need to know. Uh, there's also some really cool things that, that Steve has done uh, and beyond real estate, and one of those is called Flat Bill Fridays, which is what I would say is a is a source for positive inspiration. And um, Steve is somebody that will challenge you to be a better person. He will challenge you to look at the great things in life. And I think there's a lot of people that could benefit from following him on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and his messages just always give you that positive vibe to uh, to kick ass that day. So so excited to have Steve. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thanks so much, Brian and Scott. It's uh, definitely a pleasure to be here, and um, what a warm welcome. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. We appreciate you taking the time, and and, uh, we're happy you're here. We can't wait to hear more and learn more, and uh, you you must be extremely busy these days. Um, Describe what it's like for someone in your job right now and kind of what's going on uh, with, with the overall market. Yeah, certainly. It's it's wearing a lot of hats and um, doing it in a way where you're keeping the client, the end user in mind. Uh, real estate isn't about the realtor. It's about helping somebody kind of complete a, a part of their story or a chapter in their story. And that's either buying or selling a home. Um, and in this market, we're also seeing a lot of activity and action ar- around investments. So it's wearing a lot of hats. It is um, knowing the market. It is developing relationships, not just with your clients, but with other realtors in other firms, um, subject matter experts, uh, service providers, lenders, uh, attorneys, inspectors, you, know, y- you name it. And so staying on top of the game in developing those relationships so then that way you can ultimately provide a solution because that's what it's required in this market it's so busy it's so dynamic we've all heard the supply versus the demand there's very little supply and a ton of demand Uh, charlotte's done a great job of attracting jobs which attract people and that's just one of the things that attracts people to charlotte and so yeah, demand's through the roof, and that requires those solutions. So you have to wear a lot of different hats, and if you don't know the answer, you need to know where to find the answer. Quickly. And exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly right. Yep. You mentioned investments. Like, what what exactly is happening in that regard? Are first-time home buyers competing against an investor that may or may not even be in Charlotte that's just looking to, you know, build a portfolio here? Y- yes. So there's a lot of cash, hard money that is out there. And um, Charlotte, like I said, is so dynamic and so many people are, are moving here. And the investment money is following 
the money that we see in the commercial space. And so when you drive through Charlotte, and it doesn't matter in any direction, you can go north to Concord that just, Eli Lilly just announced a billion dollar investment. Um, You can go south into Fort Mill and Rock Hill. You can go east or west where they just talked about building another bridge over the Catawba, right? So uh, these outside investors, they see this growth. They see this opportunity and um, they're going in. And, And what is a, a little bit unfortunate is that really the the challenge is at all price points but when you get under that median price point you're really starting to see the challenges between the actually the client or the or the buyer and and like institutional investment so my wife is a realtor and i just think it's insane we had two houses that were for sale on our street um she sold one and the other one was a uh, I guess it was a flip, so they bought it um, and then they flipped it. I've never seen more cars go down our cul-de-sac. Yeah. Like I literally had to keep my kids in the backyard. <laughs> I mean, yep, they they put sure. this house on the market. She had like five offers before it even went on the market, yep. right? And then uh, that Friday they had like forty-seven showings, and then they did an open house on Saturday. I mean, it felt like you were giving out free beer at a house. Like everybody was just coming by. Yep. It, how do you even compete in that? And as a realtor, like I look at it going like, man, I don't even want to work with buyers, you know, like I, cause how, I mean, you're literally going to have 10, 15, 20 offers on a house. Oh, it's crazy. You know, is there like a silver bullet answer to how you win every single time? No. And if somebody tells you that there is, then you probably need to find somebody else to give you advice. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> right? So, really good point. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to say this, you got to do this, you got to do that. But what I will say is that it, it really comes down to communication, setting clear expectations and realities for uh, the couple or the individual that is buying the home. And I try to be very respectful of the fact that it's always their decision. So it's not my job to uh, persuade them in any one way, shape, or form. It's my job to give them the information. Then when they go home or they're in the car or they're having a conversation over a meal or however they're discussing this, uh, they have to make whatever decision's best for them. And so you know, of course, they're going to ask my opinion. They're going to ask what I think, what it's going to take to win. And I'm going to tell them, but I'm also going to tell them, I don't want them to make any decision that's not going to allow them to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. If, they're going to, if they're going to put their head on their pillow at night and they're going to stress over the fact that they offer too much, you don't offer that amount of money. If they're going to put their head on their pillow at night and be kicking themselves because they should have offered a little bit more, then they should offer a little bit more. And so that's how I frame it with them. So communication is is very, very important. And then the second thing is, is in I don't think we see enough of this in our industry, is collaboration. Um, it's so kind of sometimes people think it's like us against them. It's the buyer agent against the listing agent. It doesn't have to be that. Collaboration and creating good relationships with these people are super important. Real estate's like any other industry. 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. So creating great relationships with those people, happy, having open lines of communication, when you are under contract with, uh, uh, with those folks, treating them professionally and respectfully, even though you may not agree or you're trying to you know, represent your, your party to the best of your ability, um, having, those, you know, having those relationships, those people want to work with people that work that way. So... Those are the two things I really try to hang my head on is that frontline communication with a client and then the collaboration and the understanding and the respect with with uh, partner agents. 
Absolutely. You got to lay the the ground as far as you know what the landscape is happening right now. Like what what is the market like? Like be upfront about it. We always talk about it in our business. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, like we there's been some challenges in any industry over the last couple of years. The best thing you can do is have honest, open lines of communication. If there's challenges, explain them. But at the same time, explain how you're going to overcome those challenges. What are the what are you coming up with from a solution standpoint? I think you do a great job with that. One question that I have, and, and this is a question I, I, I talk with my wife about all the time, is when a buyer is un or a seller, I would say, is uneducated. Um, about real estate and they decide, well, I'm going to sell my house you know, for sale by owner because I don't want to pay the fees for a realtor. They get paid too much. Explain how that works because I think there are a lot of people out there that think they could do it themselves better, but having a realtor, especially in this market, is so important. Yeah, I mean, you know, we live in a world where you can do a lot of things today that you couldn't do five years ago, 10 years ago. Technology allows us and affords us that. I mean, you can go on YouTube and learn how to fix anything, right? You're not a carpenter, but you can learn how to be one in five minutes on YouTube, (laughs) right? You're not a, you know, you're not a car mechanic, but you could certainly figure out how to fix it. And so I, I don't like, begrudge any of that it's great it's it's how we evolve and gets us better but the reality is is that um could you save potentially a little bit of money yeah but could you leave a lot of money on the table absolutely those contracts are binding contracts there is a lot of legalese and things in there that people uh, most people aren't aware of they don't understand the function of that negotiating lever in the contract and so a lot of sellers could leave themselves exposed the other thing is is just having accurate information around what the true value of your home is, how to best market it and position it. Um, you know, somebody that comes in, they may save a certain amount of money, but if they had priced it right and marketed it right, they might have competing offers that could drive that number up that w- would actually allow them to make more money. And then aside from that, you know, if you want to do the work, great. (laughs) But there's a lot of work. There's a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of things that people don't understand that happens. A typical closing is about 30 days. There are so many things that happen between um, going under contract and getting that home to close that people never see. And it's conversations with attorneys and getting titles cleared and inspections and making sure the buyer financing is, is secure and tight. And so there's so, so many things that go into it. If a seller wants to do that and they can uh, achieve their end result, I good. But I'm but for most people, uh, it's probably not the best best way to go about it if you're really truly looking to maximize your return and your experience yeah absolutely what are, what are you seeing you know in the market specifically in the in the last few years you've just seen it go straight up or maybe the last year and a half mm-hmm. two years um where's the end you know I, I don't know if you could even answer that question because charlotte's a great city there's a lot of people moving here but you look at home values it's crazy. I mean, it it's crazy. crazy. You know, I don't know. I yeah. don't have the answer to that question. I, I'm going to sound like a, I'm probably going to sound like somebody that is just trying to pump Charlotte up because I <laughs> sell real estate in Charlotte, yeah. but I'm really not. Like, I come from the corporate world where we were always taught to follow the money, right? So when you're selling to a, a client, it's where's the where where are they spending the money? And if you take that principle or that philosophy and you look at Charlotte real estate, 
it's the same thing. Follow the money. Like, where are the jobs coming to this area? We have attracted incredible, you know, uh, employers um, that are, have chose to either grow here or move here, and in all different s- sectors and industries. We um, so we look at that, and then you drive through Charlotte, like I referenced a little bit ago, and you see cranes everywhere. They're just continuing to build. I read an article about our hospital systems. I mean, I had no idea. There's like seven or eight hospitals being built right now, and you know what? That's not even enough, and so. So we're not talking about houses. We're talking about right. office buildings and highways jobs. and yeah. jobs and hospitals, but follow the money. Oh, and then, by the way, you add the fact that we're two hours to the beach, or I'm sorry, three hours to the beach and two hours to the mountains, and we've got a top five airport in the country, and we're off of major interstates like 77 and 85, and we have great weather. And do you want me to go on? Yeah, right. right? And so, <laughs> so, that, so where's the end? I don't know. And then one thing, COVID threw gas on the fire. Yeah. So now you have people that can live wherever they want and still have their job. Oh, I don't have to live in a um, place like California or New York or Ohio or wherever. I can live wherever. Um, and then the final part of the equation is you have a segment of the population a lot of people don't know about. They're called baby chasers. And those are baby chasers. Yes. <laughs> Those are the grandparents. Oh, the grandparents. We know that. I, Brian's yes. living I have, that. I have baby. Yes. Thank God. I love. Hey, by the way, my baby chasers are in Florida for yep. two months, and I need you to come back. Yeah, I need I you to come know back. There's a name for that. Yep. I love that. Oh. That's freaking cool. So the baby chasers are. Um, they are. Uh, yeah, they're the grandparents, and they're following their kids and the grandkids that have moved to the uh, you know to the area, yeah. and so. That's just they need another, a place to live. They too. need a place to live as well. So there's just so many things. So when you ask a question like what, what like what's the end or yeah. whatever, I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great thing. I mean, we we talk about that in Charlotte. And when I moved here in 2010, I tell people all the time like this is home. I love this city. There's so much opportunity and seeing how much it's grown in the last 12 years that I've been here. I mean, I've set my foundation. I'm not leaving right. And it's yep. just a really really cool place to live. So when you think of all of the neat things that are happening around here you know real estate's going to have to go with that, right? And it's not even just Charlotte. You look down in South Carolina, in Greensboro, go out into Raleigh. Like, the whole region is booming. It's regional. And if you look at any, you know, uh, list of top cities for growth in in residential real estate or whatever, Raleigh's right up there, too. So, uh, and then you have everything in between. So, to your point, absolutely, um, it's a regional thing. So let's dive. I want to dive into uh, before you became a realtor and and really what brought you um, to the state of of North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're from and then tell us how you ended up at Campbell University as a uh, member of the men's soccer team. Yeah, sure. Uh, Born and raised in Rochester, New York. Uh, It's where I spent my first 18 years and uh, I loved it. A great place to grow up, great family. And... um, I, you know, I grew up playing soccer and baseball and um, uh, I had an opportunity to play soccer. So that's kind of what brought me down to Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. I had never heard. Bowie's (laughs) Creek? I had never heard of the place. Uh, It seemed a lot bigger when you go and visit it for 24 (laughs) to 36 hours. And then you live there, you're like, oh. Then when you live there, you're like, oh my God. (laughs) There really is only one like blinking flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) My dad went to Campbell. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. And and they had a a good uh, law program, which kind of, I I was originally thinking like that's what I would 
do. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll go to school here. And, you know, I had an opportunity to play uh, at, at other places um, on scholarship. And honestly, I took a bet on myself to, to walk on. Um, it, be, for different reasons, I wanted to play D one. I wanted to move live live down south. I wanted to, a different experience, um, and I wanted to challenge myself in a lot of different ways. And so that that allowed me to do that. Um, I'm friend, I've got friends for life. Um, so many good connections, and, and honestly, uh, just a just a great experience. From there, what brought you to Charlotte? So uh, so. After I graduated, I moved back to Rochester and I got a job and did that whole thing. And, um, you know, very quickly I realized not much had changed. And when you go away and then you come back and you realize that a lot of things are the same, I just was like, I don't know, I just wanted to challenge myself more than that. And in my mind, the worst case scenario was if it didn't work out, uh, I could always just move back back home. Um I kept hearing great things about Charlotte, and even back in 2003, you heard about jobs and growth and all that. So quite honestly, um, I was familiar with the Carolinas, but not really necessarily Charlotte, And um, but I knew it was the big city in, Charlotte, or in, in North Carolina. So I kind of bet on myself a little bit. I had a little bit of money saved in the bank, and I said, all right, I can live in Charlotte for about six months, and I'm going to go for <laughs> Hopefully it. Hopefully make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> So you're the one Same, that's, that created Same. that tidal wave from Rochester. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, exactly right. Now they're all here. The whole city's moved in. <laughs> yeah, Pretty much. Kidding. Yeah, I love um, it. I moved here in 2000. Similar story. Went to East Carolina. Dated a girl from Rochester. Okay. <laughs> what? You may even know her. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, but, uh, I've but never yeah, heard and, that story. And, and I did moved, not know this. Moved to Charlotte uh, for the same reason with no money and, and no contacts. And it's, it's that kind of city. Totally. You can come here. Mm-hmm. You, it's friendly. People, it's a melting pot from all over. Folks are looking to get to know each other. It's business friendly. Small business is is thriving here. And to all those points, that's why real estate's booming, or that's one that. big reason, right? So, yep. We, um, you know, what's funny is we, uh, like, I, I didn't know anybody when we moved here, and I was at a bar. I ran into a girl that played on the women's soccer team. And that's literally how I found my first job here. Because I didn't have a job. Uh, yeah. Same thing. Just me either. Pack that's up and you're like, all right, we're going to figure this thing out. <laughs> that was the same awesome. thing. I but came, you can. Yeah, you, you have. Can. Yes. That's cool. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. That's the best thing about Charlotte. Yeah. I tell, Growing up in Atlanta, I tell people all the time, Atlanta, it's very hard to kind of make a name for yourself. It's a very big, very spread out city. Mm-hmm. I moved here in Charlotte in 2010, didn't know anybody. I put a Facebook post out that was like, Anybody know anybody in Charlotte? Like, can I be a roommate? Like, <laughs> yep. I literally, I literally went and looked. Like back then, I think you could actually just search Charlotte, North Carolina, to see if you had any friends from Facebook. Uh-huh. None. I had none. <laughs> oh god. And I was like, and this was th- Facebook had just gotten out, so I mean, it was kind of new. But, but I came here, and that was the coolest thing. And in twelve years, I feel like this city has created me. Right? Like it's mm-hmm. made me who I am. It's challenged me. I've, I'm now married. I have kids. It's just like. It's such a cool, you know, opportunity where it's a big city, but it's got that small town feel, you know, it's and I love almost, it. It's almost, I don't know if you guys feel this way. It's almost hard to go someplace and not run into somebody you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's exactly. the beauty of it, though. It, yeah. it, it, it's like it, a yeah. big city with a small town vibe. You always exactly. have somebody to yeah. wave, wave hi to, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I love it. So let me, this is, we have a, a very unique background where we both were recruiters in our previous life. And mm-hmm. um, and you were very successful with that. You worked with Aerotech for over 12 years. Great company, huge company. Um, grew throughout that organization. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what being a recruiter taught you just about business in general, but then that transition and, and why you wanted to become a realtor. 
you know, recruiting taught me so much and I'm so glad I got into it. Uh, from a business perspective, it really literally teaches you to like learn every part of your client. Like, you know, from even though you may be recruiting for one job source, like understanding, you know, what's driving the reason that that job is open. And um, and so from a business perspective, it taught me a, a lot in it, in, in it, stuff I still carry on to today from a uh a communication and um, working with people perspective, man, I mean, you can't talk about, you want to talk, you want to talk to a diverse group of people. You want to get uh, diverse thoughts and opinions. You want to understand what makes people move because there's different motivations for everybody. You want to learn how to ask the right questions. You want to learn how to listen versus talk. Um, I mean, just so many things like that. And then at the end of the day, when people, when you think about a job and a career, this is where people are spending the majority of their time. And for people that care about that and they care about how that provides for them and their families and whoever, um, you understand that the job's not about you, it's about them. And so I will tell you, early on in my recruiting career, it was about hitting goals and hitting numbers. And, and But the one where I really got successful was not worrying about that, worrying about each individual conversation and saying, can I add value? Can I not add value? Like, it, are we even in alignment with with what they're trying to do? And if we are, all right, we continue to have the conversation. If we're not, we respectfully say, all right, I'll keep you in mind for the next one. Mm-hmm. Or So that's what recruiting taught me. And, you know, as I got into a sales role and then into leadership and all those things, that was really the foundation. And and so. Makes sense. Well, it's really yeah. similar how that transitions into, into business. I mean, yeah. me, me being a recruiter as well, I did that for five years. And, you know, what it taught me was how to understand how a business actually flows. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, one, the, the number one thing it taught me is find the decision maker. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Because that'll change everything, right? Brian was uh, recruiting engineers, which yeah, is very, yeah, it was very wild. interesting you, it was uh, wild. sector there. Yeah. yeah, You can have a lot of coffees and lunches with people that can't actually sign on the dotted line, right? Can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, it, but you're right. And I think the, the other good thing is, is understanding, you know, what are people's needs? What are their wants? Like, what are they really looking for? And that transitions really well into real estate, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there, if there's a lot of realtors out there that haven't had the same path, maybe they're not asking the right questions, right? Maybe they're not really listening. Maybe they're really into it because they just want you to get in that house because they want the commission because they want to move to the next one. And that seems to be, you know, a normal thing with a lot of realtors, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the things I love about my wife is she seems to be more like you, right? She wants to listen. She would feel terrible if she got you in a house that you weren't happy with. Totally. Right. Absolutely. Like wouldn't be able to sleep. Like literally would not be able to sleep. And so being a recruiter now transitioning that into real estate, it's very, it's like find you a job, find you a house. Very similar. Very similar. They're big decisions. Yeah. And there's not, there's typically not one component to making that decision. There's multiple variables that go into making that decision. And so that makes it a lot of times difficult for people. If you're dealing with an investor, it's a single, you know, it's a single, it's, it's, What's my ROI? Yeah. But when you're dealing with, you know, a traditional buyer and seller, it's not. So, yeah, I'm curious. You know, obviously, there's with inflation, everything's happening. There's a lot of talk about Fed's inching up rates. Yep. We're at all time low. It seems like we've been there for 15 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're. Uh, but but with that starting to possibly inch up, what kind of conversations are you all having? Will that help the market? Will it hurt the market? Will it Will it do anything essentially from a transaction standpoint in Charlotte? 
Yeah, I expect it'll have an impact. Um, you know, one of the things that with prices going up, rates being low, allowed for consumers to have buying power. Mm-hmm. So with rates going up, it's going to impact buying power for some people. Um, so that's absolutely the conversation that needs to be had is uh, what what does that look like? Are you crystal clear on it? Because if you were approved for a number three weeks ago even, right. that, that number could look different. Your payment monthly could look different, will look different based on the different rate. So... You know, we're just starting to see it. So what sort of impact are we going to see? I'm not sure. It it may, you know, it may push some buyers out of the market or it may cause them to reconsider uh, maybe renting for another year or not upgrading for the time being. Um, At the same time, I, I really, I mean, I don't think we're going to see a slowdown of people trying to get here, move here, you know, um, and be here. So um, we and the other thing too is we are so far over leveraged between the supply and demand. It's literally going to take years for us to even get to a balance. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not opposed to a balance. Trust me. Um, but well, that would be healthy. It, it right? would be. It would be absolutely from in, an economic standpoint. Totally. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, it's like you want everybody to feel like they have a fair shake. It stinks when you have buyers that feel defeated before they even start the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, balance is. That's absolutely a good thing. So I want to uh, transition this. In 2017, you established Flat Bill Fridays. And Flat Bill Fridays is, uh, is, is something you created to inspire impact through authenticity, uh, inspire people to achieve amazing and impactful results in a creative, fun, entertaining way. And it's been really cool to not only um, see you create this, but consume that content on a weekly basis. Because... I'm. I try to be a very positive person. Everybody has their days, right? But, yeah, but me too. <laughs> but our world is full of negativity and people putting people down and people being, basically, in my opinion, very selfish. And it's not about being a true go giver, right? It's about being a selfish prick, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have such a positive vibe, and I feel a lot of people every Friday can can listen to what you're saying. And, and take something from it, right? Maybe maybe every week isn't going to hit you the same, but you challenge people to be the, their best self and you challenge people to look at the, the best things in life. And I just want to understand how you created not only this brand, what it's done for you personally, um, what are some of the results you've seen from, from people maybe that have contacted you? And, uh, and just tell us a little bit about that because you literally created your own brand uh, in 2017. Yeah, so when I decided to get into real estate, I you know I realized pretty quickly that um, I had I thought I had a plan, but I'm like, how am I actually going to do this? <laughs> so I actually had a really detailed plan, but then it's like you have to execute on it. And you know, I, I was I'm not a social media expert or anything like that. I had I think I had a hundred Facebook friends, and that's about it. No Instagram or anything. But I, I realized, all right, I could. I could make cold calls or I could door knock or I could, you know, mail letters or, you know, email blast people or I could meet people where they're at. And the reality is, is most people are in their phone a good portion of the day. So I decided I was going to kind of go to the social media route. And then what am I going to talk about? What's my content? What am I going to do? So originally I was like, well, I'll just do real estate. And then I just realized like, as much as I know know about it and as much as I'm going to learn, as much of an expert as I'm going to be, I don't want to talk about that. And most people don't want to talk about that. Most people are going through their lives 
jobs, kids, work, or yeah, work and, and recreation and travel and whatever. And, and the reality is, is like about 2% of the population is actually focused on buying or selling a home at any given time. So if I'm going to consistently talk about something, I want to, and I want to build a brand and I want to build who I am with this community. I wanted to talk about things that I was passionate about and things that I could talk about in 10 years and 20 years and 30 years. And that's how I came up with Flatbow Friday. Um, so, you know, it's part of it is, you know, the organization I worked for, I worked for Aerotech and tech systems, great, you know, sister companies, great, great people. Uh, they poured into us from a self-development leadership development perspective consistently. And that was something that of all the money and the titles and everything else that I had from those organizations, that was honestly the thing I was worried about losing the most was staying connected to continuously like improving and challenging myself that way. So I saw this as an opportunity to do that. And um, in the corporate world, Fridays for most people are the day of the week where they walk out the door and they know one of three things. They know they've either had a good week, a bad week, or a great week. So when I was in leadership, I was always challenging my folks, like, let's walk outside of the door or out the door on a Friday knowing we had a great week. Okay, well, that sounds great. What do you have to do? <laughs> you know, because we, we do. We have the we quotas and deadlines and all these things. They typically fall on a Friday, right? And so... Um, what do you have to do? And it's the disciplines and the habits and the um, in, in working hard and being focused. And it's those types of things that you need to do to be successful and walk out on a Friday knowing you had a great week. So that's kind of the, the Friday component. Um, and then the flat bill is it's just always the style of hat that I've worn. Love it. So um, <laughs> I think, yeah, so it's the style of hat. And so the message behind that is to be authentic. Right. So if we're going to do those things, if we're going to work hard and we're going to be focused and we're going to communicate effectively and we're going to invest in ourselves, we'll be authentic. Don't be Joey or Susie or Bobby or, you know, your boss or be you. You do it being you. And so that's kind of the, how I married the two things. And and that's how I've kind of arrived at being passionate about the brand. I love, I love it. it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think people. Such a cool idea. People are so, how to put it this way, in marketing, let's say 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. it was all about me, 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 look at us, look at this bright, shiny car we can sell you, look what we can do now. Well, that's totally different now. And the people that go out there and it's all about themselves, it's it's boring. Like right. it's not, you're not even adding value. Right. So for you to try to take all of the experiences that you've had, turn that into positive inspiration that you, who knows? Like I, I know for a fact you don't do these videos because of how many people click the likes and how many people <laughs> watch the video. All you're looking for is one person that, that you can make an impact. That's and that's, it. that's why we started this podcast. I, when I left recruiting, that was the one thing I was worried about as well as professional development. And thank God I have this podcast to be able to bring on people like yourself Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis to be able to learn because it makes me energized to go out and do great things. And and you've taken that and turned it into a brand. And and that's just awesome. I I just think if more people did this and we we just just infiltrated social media with positivity and encouragement that it would be such a better place to be uh, and our community would be better, our country would be better, the world would be better. Um, I know that's on a huge scale, but that's really how I feel. Yeah, but you start with impacting one person. Absolutely. And, and if you do that, that's a success. That's Just it. Just be consistent. Keep doing what you're doing. You well, in, in selfishly, sometimes like the biggest imp- person that gets impacted is me. 
Yeah, Sometimes right. as I'm cultivating my thoughts and my feelings and, you know, how I want to uh, express it, I, it brings me to a story in my childhood or in the past. And it gives me a little bit more clarity around it. And I'm like, you, you know what I mean? So uh, in, you asked earlier, like, what, what the fall? I don't, yeah, I don't get 5,000 likes on every video or anything like that. But you know what? I run into so many people that they're like, we love it. Mm-hmm. This is so great. Yep. Thanks for doing it. I watch every week, whatever. And they're not liking anything. They're not sharing anything. Right. They're not making comments. Yeah. I have no idea. I may, <laughs> I, I, I may get four likes on yeah. a video. I'm like, man, this must have been a dud. <laughs> but then, but then I run out and like, it, it's it, and so and it's not you know it's not about popularity or uh, you know there's not a revenue generating idea behind it. It's just you know it'll become what it's going to become and uh um it's 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 really just about you know inspiring uh through effort and creativity uh you know it's impacting people through results and being authentic interaction every single time i love it i love it so uh before we we get you out of here uh, i know you're a soccer guy i'm a soccer guy we are so close to Charlotte FC. So we win an MLS Cup this year or what? Like right off the bang? <laughs> That'd be great. Man, put me on the spot. Uh, I, I have some friends. Call in it the, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would, I'm just looking forward to the uh, atmosphere, the excitement. Yep. I mean, look, I, yeah, I born, you know, born and raised playing the sport. I love it. I know it. Um, I think we're going to have a good product on the field. Obviously, it'll be a challenge to win the cup. Definitely. but. Um, I love the fact that we've got an owner that's putting the resources behind where we need to put it, and we'll, we'll get it right. So yeah. I'm fired up. Got yeah. my tickets. I'm, I'm ready to go. I cannot wait. Already got 60,000 sold. If you are not or you do not have tickets to that game, there's about 14,000 left. Playing Brian's old team, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. L.A., L.A., yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I was an Atlanta United fan, right? Growing up playing soccer in Atlanta, you never – thought we'd even have an MLS team or even any professional team. So when they got the team, Charlotte didn't have one. So like I was all in on Atlanta United, went to the first game, was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, if you want to experience a soccer game, go to the first one. It's March 5th. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, but what it's done for the city of Atlanta, I, I'm so excited for what it can do for Charlotte. And what I mean by that is the diversity yes. of the sport. You are going to, if you go to experience a tailgate for Charlotte FC, it is not going to be like a Panthers game. It is going to be completely different. You're going to meet people that you have probably never met before in your entire life, and you're going to get the culture and the vibes, and it's going to bring out something that's a lot different. You go to Atlanta, now, yeah, there's going to be a lot of brave stuff because they just won the World Series. Mm-hmm. But for the last five years... It's all Atlanta United stuff. Literally. It's just Atlanta United, Atlanta United. I mean, there's just jerseys everywhere. There's billboards everywhere. There's gear everywhere. And I'm just really excited for that to happen in this city. And and if you're not a soccer guy or or you don't want to be a soccer guy, I know there's a guy that works for you named Jeff who says he's never going to go to a soccer game. Jeff, I'm calling you out. You're going to a <laughs> soccer game. Um, but it's just something that's going to be so cool, man. I know you're excited about it. I'm excited about it. Growing up, loving this sport, mm-hmm. I don't think – either of us could have ever envisioned soccer being as popular as it is today and and really i mean we're gonna fill up a seventy thousand person mm-hmm. stadium for a soccer game mm-hmm. that's like, great if i told you that when you played at campbell or i was at georgia southern i would have said no no <laughs> way right no way when we had 23 fans in the stadium, yeah, yeah. 22 of them that's, were parents yeah yeah and, yeah. They were, and it was free tickets <laughs> yeah exactly hey do you want soccer was lit y'all <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea yeah. 
Oh, what would you call them now? Baby chasers? Let's try it. The baby chasers. Baby chasers. Yeah. We'll have some of them there, too. I, those are your baby right. boomers that, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're following the kids and the grandkids. Love it. I love my. Uh, we had baby chasers. My, my mother and father-in-law were down in St. Augustine, beautiful down there, and they left St. Augustine to move back to Charlotte when we had our first son. God bless them. They're down there on vacation for two months. I need them to come back. Brian's yeah, really missing them. I'm going to need them to come back. I don't want to say you know, I take anything for granted, but damn, I miss them. The built-in babysitter is gold. Oh, man. Yep. Especially with the wife that's a realtor. Yep. You know, I'm working. It's like, yeah. You know, it's yeah. perfect. So, well, thank you so much for joining us, man. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, you know, right now, what's the best way if people are looking for a realtor, they want more information on on you or Flatbill Friday, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, so our website is slhomegroup.com. It's a good, good way to connect with us there. My email address is steve at slhomegroup.com. Uh, and then on Instagram, um, I'm flatbill underscore Friday is uh, my Instagram handle for Flatbill Friday. And uh, I do quite a bit on LinkedIn. So just uh, look Steve Lawnen or Steven with a PH on, on LinkedIn. Love, would love to connect. Love it. Well, thank you so much. Like we always say, if you are listening, please like, share, comment, go check out Steve, follow him on LinkedIn, follow him on Instagram. I promise you it will be something that you will will benefit from uh, in the future, whether it's this Friday or next Friday. It's definitely something that uh, that's awesome. And uh, we need more people like him in our community. So, Steve, thank you so much for what you've been able to build at, at, uh, at SL Home Group. Congratulations on that. Best of luck in the future. Continue to do the great work with Flatbill Fridays. I can't wait to see you at Charlotte FC Games. Uh, until then, you have been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.